morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Are you glad to be in the house uh, today? I'm glad you're in the house. Yeah, it's good to be. It's good to be with family. It's good to be with our people. And I just I look forward every weekend to being with you. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I do. I enjoy. Somebody, somebody's like, well, I'm here, aren't I? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing your faces, as many as I can shake hands or hug and all that stuff. And I know sometimes uh, my staff has a hard time because I'm supposed to go in between services to my office to get some rest. But I want to be with the people. I love the people. I love the people. I enjoy the people. I want to smell like the people. And so that's why I enjoy being, I just do. I, every handshake, every hug, every look. And if I miss you, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. I, I'd like to get my hands around everybody because I believe God is distributing. I, I believe when I get next to somebody, you should feel you should feel joy coming coming out of me or to you because I enjoy being around you that much. You could be like just in a bad mood. Oatmeal didn't come out right this morning, burnt to toast. I couldn't even pour milk on the fruity pebbles and whatever was going on this morning. But man, I walked next to that big guy and I, I, I felt better. That's why I wanted to be. And you should want that to happen when people are around you because you carry the presence of God. Amen. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You carry God's presence. You get around somebody that I don't care. They could be Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I don't know if it's going to be a good day or not. Or Snuffy on Sesame Street. And I don't know why I'm using, using uh, PBS analogies this morning. But the truth is God wants you to walk in his joy and his peace. Amen. And we need that during this time. I don't know about you, but we need that right now. I mean, you, I mean, even with, um, um, who is it, Bill Johnson, I was telling Pastor Kevin this the other day, Bill Johnson says, I'm always 15 minutes from depression. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, not Bill Johnson, you, you're not, and so then he explains, he goes, because if I dwell on anything bad or not negative for longer than 15 minutes, I'm down that rabbit hole. But he says, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever things are noble, think on, dwell on, meditate on these things. And then you're 15 minutes meditating on him. And then that changes you, correct? And so that's why we need to have our focus. Shift your focus, shift your attention, shift your eyes upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Good, good, good. Well, I'm just, I'm glad. I hope you, uh, that was free. You don't even have to, yeah, that was all free when I was just at the introduction. Um, last week, we started a series talking about the Word of God, and I hope that there was something stirring on the inside of you that uh, has the hunger of the Word of God is intensifying. Um, and I even said this and made this statement last week that I hope you guys get hangry for the word of God. And y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about because you've been, anybody raise your hand if you've been hangry before with regular food. <laughs> Vanessa even says, uses these words when I get hangry. She goes, I don't even want to be around you when you get that way. Uh, I don't even want, she goes, you just, you're just in a bad mood. I'm just saying. And she, and she goes, you can turn so quickly. We're going to be driving down, having a good conversation. All of a sudden, a smell of the, uh, the wind, and I call it the wind of the spirit, can pick up that smoke from Wendy's and, and Burger King and Whataburger and bring it into the car. And all of a sudden, my whole everything changed. My, my whole get up, my DNA changes, you know. I turn into the Hulk, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm saying, I pray 
uh, and it's good that you're laughing. I, I enjoy that, that you're laughing. But I'm praying that the wind of the Spirit gets a hold of the Scriptures and gets a hold of the Scriptures and then brings the Word of God into your car, into your job, or into your home. And all of a sudden, you're transformed, not into an angry person, but you say, I've got to get into the Word of God. I have got to open the book and that is full of life. I have got to get in the Word because I believe God has something in there that's going to fill me up and help me be who he's called me to be and do what he's called me to do. Amen? Amen. I'm praying that happens. Just as I'm sure, I mean, I never see the smoke. I, just, I never see it rising up from Wendy's, but I can smell it. Ooh, can I smell it? Uh, COVID didn't take that away from me. You hear what I'm trying to tell you? I know it took a lot of smells away, but somehow Wendy's just prevails. You know, <laughs> Wendy just with them little, little, little twigs, little deals in the back of her head. She's like, Come on in here, big boy. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. You know, her and little Debbie are my girls. Anyway, um, <laughs> last week, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, last week I talked to you guys about uh, the fact that I ran into the Gideons at Hebron High School. Do you remember having that conversation? And having them run, uh, they, they were able to hand out Bibles. And uh, I told you that we're gonna, this week they were going to be here, and they are here. And they're going to be in the, in the foyer after church to give each of you a small, I didn't bring it up here, it's, it's over there, but a small, um, um, just New Testament. And my desire is that you grab one of those and you take it and give it away. Give it to somebody who needs it. Um, I saw them giving it out to to people at Hebron High School, I'm praying that you find out and pray for somebody to give the word of God to, to bless them. And they're here this morning, and they're going to come and share just a little bit about. So would you give them a hand as he comes this morning and shares a little bit about what's going on with the Gideons? Welcome. So glad you're here. So go ahead and, and tell and uh, just talk a little bit about the Gideons. I'm going to step over here because my team informed me that when I stood behind you in the first service that I looked like your bodyguard. And um, so I'm going to stand over here out of the frame. I'm okay with that. Okay, well, <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. Anyway, go ahead. Shannon Bettis from uh, Plano, Texas, right near us, was in crisis. Her husband, Scott, had filed for divorce. On the verge of a nervous breakdown, she went for a 4 a.m. run in the morning in threatening weather. She said that was the only thing that could calm her when she got like that. A flash of lightning illuminated an orange Gideon Bible that was laying in the road, and she picked it up. That little Bible helped Shannon to a saving knowledge of Jesus, and three years later, Shannon and Scott were remarried. That little Bible helped her put her life together and put her marriage together. They are now serving in their church, and she's also a testimonial speaker for Gideon's International and goes around the United States telling the story and the power of a little Bible like this one that, that we have here. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Praise God. Uh, I am Kyle King, and uh, I'm from the Dallas North Gideon camp, and uh, that's the camp that your church is in the middle of. And Gideon's International is truly an international ministry. We're organized in over 200 countries. Our Bibles are printed in 95 different languages. And since our origin, uh, since we began, we've given out over 2 billion Bibles around the world. That's an incredible number. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you. Praise God. So how does the Gideon ministry work? Uh, local camps are organized around the world. Uh, we're an association of Christian business and professional men and their wives. We're also members of local churches. 
And we dedicate, we're dedicated to telling people about Jesus by sharing personal testimony and by providing the Bibles and the New Testaments. And the camp partners with local churches and become a missionary arm of that church. We hand out Bibles in schools, as the pastor mentioned, and colleges and jails and military and, and enlistment centers and medical centers and other places. Our camp has 20 middle schools and high schools, including Brookhaven College in our area, and 3,359 New Testaments were handed out by our camp at these schools in this school year. And we got busted doing our job. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, we place Bibles in hotels and motels also. We have 6,000 hotel rooms in our, in our camp area that we're responsible for providing the Bibles. And the same thing happens in Gideon camps in the other 200 countries around the world. And some of our camps are really in some very dangerous uh, locations and dangerous parts of the world, and including the, the, the camps that we have in Ukraine at this time. Uh, you might be wondering how you can help the Gideons International. There's three ways that we normally ask for, and that's uh, prayer. Uh, we ask that you pray for our ability to provide these New Testaments. And we want you to pray for the salvation of the people that receive the word. And we need uh, members. We'd love to have a, a Gideon from Sojourn Church. So if the Lord lays that on your heart, please come and visit with me afterwards. And also friends of the Gideons. We can give you more information about that as well. Uh, and just ask us about it. And we can also use some financial assistance. You'll be getting a, a little flyer, something like this, uh, at the end also that has some information about the uh, Gideon card program and other ways that you can support us. So anything the Lord lays on your heart, then that would be awesome also. Uh, two of our Gideons uh, <coughs> are members of Prestonwood Baptist Church, and they witnessed the baptism of a 19-year-old young man named Ramteen at uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church. This young man publicly testified that his spiritual walk began because he was given an orange Bible during, a, during dismissal at Hebron High School three years earlier. Gideons from our camp had handed that Bible to Rantine, and that Gideon uh, New Testament uh, during a sidewalk Bible distribution, as, as was just uh, discussed. Ramteen realized that he needed God, and with that little Bible... Uh, he, he came to know him, and he's now a child of God and will spend eternity with God. And so this praise be for that also. <laughs> Pastor's already told you about the New Testaments. I'd just like to say that this is a New, uh, New Testament only, and that's our little Bibles that we hand out. Uh, they also have Psalms and Proverbs in them. Uh, but very importantly, in the back, we have scripture that can help people uh, be led to the Lord. And there's a prayer of salvation and a name for them to sign. And these are used uh, to frequently for us to testify. And that's what you'll be receiving also. Isaiah 55:11 says that so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So thank you, Pastor McRae. Thank you, Sojourn, for having us and for supporting the Gideons. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, pal. Thank you. No, you can take that. I got one.
I'm thankful for you guys being here. And so when you leave today, um, grab a New Testament. I think there'll be plenty. I've already, uh, for this time, if you want to bless them financially, you can. I've already, uh, I'm a friend of the Gideon. I signed the paperwork for me to be a friend of the Gideon. So I don't know what that is. So you can't get rid of me because I've signed it out of line. But I also am, uh, I want you to grab one, maybe grab two if there's some left over. And I want you to distribute. I want you to give those Bibles away. They were really influential uh, for me as a kid, because when I was in school, again, how many raise your hand if you remember them coming to your school when you when you were younger? Some uh, some of you, <laughs> I said it. I should have said it first service. Some of them are older than the Gideons, uh, like in the Bible. So anyway, so I'm talking about in first service. So, but I remember them coming to the school, and I got all kind of colors. I got orange. I had a red one. Had a white one. Um, <clears throat> and then they they actually had a camouflage one, you know. And I remember giving it to my dad. I go, Dad, I can take this one hunting. And uh, he was like, you won't be able to see it. And I didn't know he was trying to be funny. You know, um, his dad was full of corny jokes like that. You know, just corn coming out of his, I mean, he was just corny. So I remember that. And I'm just telling you, the, the school system, you guys know what's going on in our school system, right? You may not know what's going on in the school system, but you need to. Because they're trying to kick God out of the schools, and we want to get God into the schools. We're trying to get him in. They're trying to kick him out. So they've kicked out the Gideons and said that you have to stand on not only the sidewalk. They make them go across the street and hand out Bibles that way. But how, they, they're persistent. They're businessmen. They've, they all, some of them retired from business. Some of them still in business. And they're trying, and they're trying their best to hand out Bibles. But you can also hand out the Quran. You can also hand out literature about sex, tra uh, sex and, 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 and all the different things that are going that they want to distribute. Why would we not want people distributing Bibles in our schools so that people can get saved and people can have the Romans wrote in the back of the Bible? That, I mean, it's a tug of war going on, right? There's a tug of war. They're trying to pull and we're pulling, but we win. Amen? We win. The Bible says that, that we win. I remember the tug of war when I was going to school, and I don't know why. But I guess it was because of my petite nature, but everybody always wanted me on their team when we had a tug of war. They always were like, Chris, can you come be on our team? I'd be like, okay, what do I do? They go, just sit here, and you can just eat a sandwich. You don't even have to pull. Just sit here. And just whatever, just stand, stand here. And, I, and I, we, we, we won a lot of those, those matches because I would just sit there eating the sandwich, you know what I'm saying, while they were pulling. I wasn't going anywhere. Nobody was pulling me, but they were trying their best to try to pull and try to, and try to win. I'm telling you, the world is doing its best. It's trying to pull our kids in the wrong direction, trying to pull society in the wrong direction, trying to pull even Christianity and Christians in the wrong direction. That is why the church has got to stand up in the middle of this crisis, in the middle of these evil days, stand up and say, no more. You can pull all you want to, but you won't pull me to the other side. I'm going to stay here. Eat a sandwich. Go to Wendy's. Do whatever you got to do, but stay in the place of victory because that's what God has called us to do. And if you're silent right now and you're being quiet right now and you're not talking right now, you may be part of the problem. Oh, did I say that? Yes, I did. You have, we have to stand up in the middle of all this evil stuff that's going on right now and say Christ is king. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is, he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it's time for the church to stand up and take her rightful place in the kingdom of God. So here's a way for us to do that. And so I, I want to admonish you. Grab some Bibles. You find out somebody to give it to. And let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go be the church to the unchurched. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Are you going to grab a Bible? Yes. How many of you, I'm going to buy a show of hands, going to grab a Bible and forgive it to somebody? All right. Now, I mean, I'm not, I'm not listen, don't do the Bible ding-dong ditch where you go ding-dong and leave a Bible and run. I'm trying to. <laughs> 
You know how you do. Don't do that. Don't just be like, I'm just going to leave it here. I want you to find somebody, look them in the eye, and say, I want you to have this because I believe this will be good for your transformation. And be, I want you to do that. So, I'm, so don't just raise your hand. You believe it. You know, oh, somebody left a Bible for me, and they ran, and they go down the road. I, they never did. So talking about games, they never did have me do ding-dong ditch because I wasn't fast enough to run away. They'd be like, there's Chris. You know what I'm saying, running away. So I never wanted me to go with them. All right, we've been in this series about the Word of God. That's why we have the Gideons here, and it is so important. I'm praying for you that you have a hunger and an intensity for God's Word, that you get hangry for God's Word. So let's pray as we dive into it this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for this time. I want to ask you and invite you to come in and open, illuminate and open our eyes to see. I pray, Lord, that we have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Lord, that we would not uh, shy away from uh, anything that your word is telling us, that we would stand true and in and, and the test of times and all the things that are going on. I pray that we would be a people who would stand on your word. And I'm thankful for that in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a, a really, really young uh, kid, uh, we moved from Arkansas to Houston, and we, we were building a home. My dad was. I wasn't building it, but they had a home built in Arkansas. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there was different types of homes. There was, you know, Fox and Jacobs and different homes. But they were building a Jim Walter home. How many of you guys have heard that name? Jim, they were building a Jim Walter home in Arkansas. And so we were trying to figure out how, what that would look like. And so we, we built this house, and I remember my father uh, knew a plumber who was also a Sunday school teacher in our church, and his name was Mr. Pickett. I never forget Mr. Pickett because he really looked like a plumber. I'm talking about he had those big Smith overalls on, and, um, and he would always have a, a tan shirt, and he had those big plumber boots where one, one pant leg would cover the boot and the other pant leg was tucked inside the boot. I mean, it looked like a real-life plumber, you know. And uh, he would come in. Mr. Pickett was an older gentleman. Now, he walked, he walked really slow, but I remember one day my dad came to me. He goes, Chris, I'm going to work. He goes, I want you to assist Mr. Pickett today as he's working on the house. And uh, I said, I remember saying to my dad, I go, Dad, I'm not a plumber. And my dad so politely, as he always does, my dad so politely goes, what did I say? And um, <clears throat> that, that meant that no matter what you think, you get in there and help him. And so that meant just do whatever he tells you to do. Now, Mr. Pickett, was a, he's a, a gentleman, but he was a big guy. And I was... I was, I know you guys are looking at me now like you were never little. I was little at the time. Um, but I remember Mr. Pickett having this, uh, when he had the opportunity to see me. So I look up at him and he goes, so you're my helper today? I go, I am. He goes, okay. And so I remember him handing me this. And if you guys know what this is, it is what they call a plummet, but it also is a plum. You guys know what this, if you don't know what it is, it is if whatever you, however you hold it, it's designed to get you a flush and plumb um, exact measurement so that you can build. And so he had me hold it up. He had me hold it. I'm supposed to right here. He had me hold it up and, 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 and center it. And, and I was asking him what it is. I go, Mr. Pickett, what is that? That's, that's weird. It looked like a necklace. It's like a, some kind of necklace. He goes, hold it still. I mean, you know, so I'd, I'd he had to hold it still, and he would explain to me what it is. He goes, this is a plumb, and what they call it is a plummet. And he goes, and what you, what you do is, is that when you get ready to build, you have to have the exact measurements, and it has to be precise. It has to be correct, and it has to be steadfast. It has to be consistent. And if you don't hold it consistent and you build without 
it being exact and precise, then if you build the rest of the house, it will not build right. It won't be correct, and you'll have problems down the road. And I remember him looking at me going, you don't want your parents to have to build, spend a lot of money for repairs, so this has to be right. Now, Mr. Pickett was a, was a Sunday school teacher, so he took this opportunity to tell me that he goes, and just like the word of God, he would say, I remember this lesson. Let me tell you, so you never forget that as you're teaching people and teaching kids stuff, don't ever think that they're not listening. They are listening. Because I remember him saying, just like the word of God. And he went over as I was holding it, and he moved it around. He goes, your emotions and the world and everything else can be moving all the way around, but you have to center it in Jesus. You have to center it in the word. And so he rem I remember him saying that all everything else in the world could be shifting. Everything else in society could be moving around. But if you're founded on the rock, and it was called a capstone, if you're founded upon the rock of Christ, then you will not move. Everything else could be shifting and shifting and moving around. But if you're founded on the, who, on the, on the rock and the word of God, then you won't have any trouble because God says that, that, that being founded on the rock, which is Christ, does not move. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all the things that are going on in society, the, the main thing is, is what do you believe about the word of God? I'm asking you that question because everything has moved. Everything has changed. Everything, but God's word remains the same. Now, I'm going to say some things to you this morning, and I'm not necessarily expecting you to say amen, but I want to speak to you as plainly as I can, and I want you to hear this, and here's what I'm saying. Some of the church, and I'm talking about the body of Christ, I'm not talking about a denomination, has shifted their belief system based on the things that have happened in society. And don't necessarily believe the same things anymore. They don't believe that sin. They, they believe that God winks at sin. And I'm telling you, he does not. Hell is still hot. And it's still, it's still there for unbelievers, people that reject Christ. There is a spirit of Antichrist that's being released. In the, in, and I'm not just talking about in the world. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that, the, that a spirit of Antichrist is being released in the body of Christ. And we've been silent, ladies and gentlemen. We've not said in some things about it. So here's what I'm talking about. I'm going to speak plain to you today. Has your belief system moved and shifted when it comes to abortion? Excuse me, not abortion, murder of children. Some people believe that, it, that, that it's okay. I'm talking about Christians believe it. I was, I'm shocked. They're saying, well, if the person's uh, raped or, or there's, there's something that, that happens, whatever, should, should abort the baby. I'm telling you, well, tell James Robinson that, who's a product of rape. Tell James Robinson that, and he's not changing the world and what he's, what he's been able to do. Either God's sovereign or he's not. What, what, is your, what is your stance on what you talk about? What do you believe? So that's, I, I'm, I'm just, let me cut in here and just tell you. I'm breaking every hom homiletical law. I'm breaking all my hermeneutic law, everything I learned in seminary. I'm breaking that today to give you one point. This is my one point today. What is, where is your plumb line with the word of God? Has it shifted? Have you moved? Has the standard moved? I know God hasn't. But but have we moved off of the place that God has for us? Have we, are we still centered in his word? So what do you believe about, about adultery? What do you believe about homosexuality? Somebody asks us, like, what do you believe about homosexuality? It is sin. What, do you, what does the word of God say about same-sex attraction? 
What does God say about these, these things that the, the, and so but these other things in the world? Have we, shipped, have we compromised the word? I'm asking, you, I'm asking you to really ponder that in your heart. Have you come, where in your heart have you, where has the church compromised these things? Now, I know usually I'm, I'm, I'm giving a happy message, but this is not that because we have to get back to the place of the word of God and the centering on the word of God. We have to get back to that place. I'm not going to compromise on it. If you were coming to this church and this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, but at the same time, I, I want to tell you that this is one of those messages where the Lord convicted me. He goes, are you going to talk about these situations? Or are you going to just you're just going to go? Because there's a hyper grace movement that's being released in the church and the body of Christ that says you can go ahead and keep doing what you've been doing God understands and he he just loves you and he does love you but I love my kids but if I see them going the wrong direction you better believe daddy gonna step in and say hey stop that do you not are you I'm just unless it's changed where you just go like Johnny it's so cute when you do that man if I was doing that stuff when I was a kid I and I knew I was wrong I would duck because I knew a hand was coming back behind you know I mean, it was just, you know, that my parents didn't play. They stopped that. You, we're not, we're, this, is not, this is what we believe. This is what McCrae's don't believe. We don't compromise. So I'm asking you, where have we compromised? Where the body of Christ, where have we compromised on the word of God? Do we still believe that homosexuality is, is wrong? It is wrong. It's a sin. But if you're here this morning and you're struggling or you're watching online and you're struggling with same-sex attraction, you're, you're struggling with homosexuality, I'm telling you there's hope for you. Here's the hope of it. This is the best news you'll hear all day, that there is hope for everybody who is struggling with sin. Jesus came and died on the cross so that the sin was nailed to the cross with him. And so he became, uh, he came out of that grave victorious with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And therefore, the Spirit of God can help you to take out a murderous assault on the sin that you're struggling with right now. And you can be victorious. It's the truth. It's the truth. Because the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. We want you to walk in the freedom that Christ has and we want you to walk in everything that he has. But you won't be able to do it without being able to stand on the word of God. What does the word of God say? What does the word of God say about the adultery? What does it say about fornication? What does it say about, about, about sin? I'm just telling you, it's, if this is the meat of the word right here. I'm telling you, it's wrong. But there's hope for you to be free. I'm not, are you condemning sin? I'm condemning sin, but I love you. If you're struggling with any type of sin, God loves you. That's why he came and died for you, to be able to be free. And I'm telling you, the word of God transforms you. Do you believe that? Yes. He transforms you. I'm going to read out of, Je out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, this um, in verse 1. If you're turning there, it'll be on the, if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles. Bring some kind of device where you can read along with Scripture so that you know I'm not reading out of the Quran. Um, <laughs> verse 1 says, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way, the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you testing you to know what is in your heart. Do you know that when, God, when you're going through a test, it's not because God doesn't know what's in your heart? It's so that you can know what's in your heart. It's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. 
And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone. Because I want to tell you something. Your emotion, what, where, where's your plumb line? That's, the, that's my one point. Where's your plumb line? Your emotions will change. Your circumstance will change. Your situation will change. The people around you will change. The things that you see with your naked eye will change. But what will never change is the word of God. It will never change. If you go in my closet, I don't recommend it. <laughs> and you look up and you hang a left and you look up, there are two big shoe boxes, Nike shoe boxes. And in those shoe boxes, they're full of love letters that Vanessa and I sent to each other in college. That we would we were in the same college, but I would pass we would pass notes back and forth. And I was reviewing those. That's full of them. They're chock full of those notes. And I was looking at some of them, and I was thinking to myself, who are these people? <laughs> Seriously, I read one of them, and it said, I can't, and I said things like, I can't wait to see you. I can't even concentrate on my studies right now because I'm thinking about your big, beautiful brown eyes, and I just can't wait to see you. I can't even focus on anything else. This is at CFNI. We're passing notes. I can't wait for the bell to ring because not only does the bell ring, but my heart rings. <laughs> With, with emotion for you and love for you. And all of a sudden, I am I, my mind all day long. I hope you're tired because you've been running through my mind all day, girl. I know you. And then I didn't just read it. I had that Barry White voice going on. Hello, Vanessa. How you, I can't, I, you know, I mean, I was, try, I was trying, baby. I was trying everything. And I would be like, what rhymes, what, what, what rhymes with lovely? You know what I'm saying? I was just trying to, I was a poet, right? And it's full of stuff like that. And then I read some of the letters that she, that she wrote to me. And I can't believe some of the stuff. I thought I, she was having an affair on somebody. I didn't know who she was talking about. She was, because it said in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the note, it said, I can't wait to see my strong, handsome strong, handsome man, you know? And I was like, I went to, I said, Vanessa, what happened to the strong, handsome man? And she did, this is what she did. She went and just walked off on her brother, just walked off, ain't had nothing else to say. Do you know why that's funny? It's because I've changed. I'm not the same as I was. I mean, I mean, I'm size 32 in pants, and I mean, I look like, you know, Charlton Heston. I mean, I was back in the day. I mean, I looked, I looked, I was amazing, you know, back in the day, but I've changed. I'm not as who I was before. I mean, I got side chicks now, like Wendy's and Little Debbie Snack Cakes, and that's why I got, like, that's why I, I am, like, I am, you know, just, just stuff just going, I've changed. I'm not the same person that I was before, but I'm also not the same person that I was before. I've matured. I've grown, I've transformed, I've moved on. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I did childish things, but when I became a man, I put those childish things away. That's what the Bible says. The word of God transformed me and changes me and it'll do the same for you. 
Some of you are just like those love letters. They're just still stuck up on the, on the shelf in your closet. God wants you to get the word of God out and see how he can change and transform you into who he's called you to be and what he's called you to do. So the question is this, where is your plumb line? What do you believe the, what the Bible says about government, politics? You think government's going to save you? It is not. God's the only thing that is going to be able to save you. If you put your trust in man, he'll let you down every time. That's why I got, I got people in this church right now, young men and women who are standing up in their schools and doing what God's called them to do. I mean, I, I pray for them all the time. I'm praying for people as they start Bible clubs and different things like that and, and, and helping people run for office. Whatever it is that I'm trying, I believe that God's word will remain forever and it's constant. It won't, there's no pivot. There's no change in it. And so, therefore, we have to be in a place where what do, what is your plumb line? Has it shifted? Has it changed? Do you think, you think God winks at sin? He doesn't. But he does love you and wants you to be transformed and changed. Where's your foundation? What do you believe about racism? I'm not just talking about even the color of your skin. I'm saying these things this morning because I want you to think. This is the meat of the word right here. To think about what do you believe? What are you willing to stand up for? I'm not just talking about color of skin racism. I'm talking about even economic racism, where people don't have as much as you. We, you know, we live in an affluent part of the city and in the, in the state. We, I mean, so sometimes we look down on certain things that don't, we don't have, that, that people that don't have what we have, or whatever it is. How do you believe about that? What do you believe about racism? What do you believe about adultery? What do you believe about what's going on in our school systems? What do you believe about the crime and different things that are going on? What does the word of God say? Do you know? I'm saying these things to you because we have swung the pendulum all the way on the other side. God is bringing us back to a place where the word of God centers us. Because your emotions are going to change. <laughs> like them gas prices. I get emotional every time I pull up to the pump. Every time I see Biden on, President Biden on the television, my emotions change, and I have to pray for him. Whether I want to or not, whether I feel like it or not, I have to pray for Kamala Harris. I have to pray for our city. I have to pray for those that despitefully use us. And those. What does the Bible say? I'm not talking about your emotions. What does the Word of God say? And you have to ask yourself those questions. And you have to not... Live by your emotions, but by every word that what's your plumb line that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In closing, I remember Vanessa and I when we first moved and we moved into the house that we're in right now. We had foundation problems, and um, <laughs> and it was and if you have foundation problems, then you know other things in the house don't work right. You know what I'm saying? Where windows don't close. Doors don't close, and you have cracks in the walls. You know what I'm saying? Some of you, I'm saying that right now, he's like, yeah, I know what that means, but I'm saying you got that going on in your spiritual life right now. Your foundation's not right, and therefore doors are not closing and are opening, and there's cracks in your foundation, cracks in your life, and God says, I'm the master builder and the carpenter, and I can fix those things that are going on in your, in your life. 
but our doors weren't closing, windows weren't closing, those things that were going on. And so it's hard when you get in an argument with, with your wife or you get an argument with your kids and you just be like, I'm gonna, you try to slam the door. You'd be like, yeah, well, fine. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you can't put a statement at the end of that fight. You know what I'm saying? Well, fine. I showed her. You know what I'm saying? That ain't, that ain't, that's not very kosher. And so, and so I remember calling the foundation guy, and they go, and they, they came out. You know, I, I always wonder how the, the uh, foundation people, the, the repair people, they never, they never get out of the truck in a bad mood. They're always in a good mood when they get out of that truck. You know why? Because they about to get some money, man. I'm telling you what, they about to. And they go, Mr. McCray, we're going to have a look. I go, go ahead. You know, so he gets, gets get out, and he goes around, and he comes out, and I go, you know, the, old, the verdict, what's the verdict? How much is this going to cost me? He said, Mr. McCray, you have about $3,000 worth of foundation problems. It's going to cost you about $3,000 to, to fix it. And I was like, what? What? He goes, yeah, it's going to cost you about $3,000. And he said, that's on the low end because it can be very, very expensive. He goes, $3,000. I go, I I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pay $3,000. And here's what he said. He goes, Mr. McCray, listen to me. He goes, I think we can avoid you having to pay me anything. And I was just like, this is the devil. I know he's just trying to set me up for something. It's some kind of scam. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. And I want to tell you this morning that the gospel is, is sometimes when you hear it, it's too good to be true. And so he was just like, it's too, I was like, it's too good to be true. And here's what he said. He goes, if you will go get a hose, a soaker hose, and put it around the foundation of this home and turn it on every day, he goes, I believe that will fix this problem. Will you be willing to do it? I was like, but he didn't even get out of his mouth good. I was like, yes, I'll do it. And so he goes, what's going to happen is your foundation is going to suck up the moisture and it's going to correct itself. I, so I went to Home Depot. And I, was, I, got this, I got the hose, I put it around the house, and I soaked the, I soaked the foundation. And all of a sudden, doors started closing like they were supposed to. All of a sudden, the windows and different things started, started operating correctly simply because the foundation sucked up the moisture and it was able, never, had, never saw that guy again. Thank the Lord. I never saw him again. And here's what I want to tell you. Some of your foundation is cracked and it's, it's moved, and you've moved off of the center of what Christ has called you to in his word. But I heard the word of God says that he would wash you with the water of the word. And your foundation needs some water, the water of the word, to be able to shore up, to shore up the things in your life that need to be shored up. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I believe God is, is centering you back on his word. Bringing you back to the place where you believe that the word of God is the final authority in your life.